Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Georgie here, Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership, and we are returning to focus on a new series of podcasts. And joining us again are Helen Morgan, a previous head of school, and Andy Bridge, current deputy principal. This podcast series, we are going to be focusing on Stephen Covey's Habits of Highly Effective People, And the seven habits were first published back in 1989. I can't quite believe we're saying that. And now more than 30 years later, he still remains one of the key professional development uh, gurus and providers of interest in positive habits. And this publication of books has led to other publications such as Atomic Habits by James Clear. The habits are relevant to everybody in education also and it's uh, important for us to sort of unpack these and focus on these in a much more informative way. So in this podcast series, we're going to explore the habits of educators and uh, we've codenamed them Edu Habits. And these need to be built and put in place in order to thrive and achieve success. So, Helen, could you start by introducing the Edu Habits of highly effective people in education? Hi, Georgie. Um, Yeah, you know, um, as you said, Kobe had his seven habits. We're doing a series of 10. So we've identified 10 things that we think might be really relevant to educators. Um, The first one is about walking the talk. Um, The second one is about listening. So we've titled that as anyone listening. Um, Podcast three is keeping your tank full. Um, podcast four is all about time management and making time your friend. Um, podcast five is about prioritising and keeping the main thing the main thing. Um, podcast six is about the power of proactivity um, and you know showing some initiative. Then we move on to being curious and, and asking good questions. And from there, we move to podcast eight, which is all about decision making which is always really challenging. And then we move from um, podcast eight to podcast nine. Um, and we think about being optimistic. So keeping your glass half full. And last but not least, uh, we've got podcast 10, which is all about stepping off the pitch and thinking about becoming a more strategic leader. Um, and that's what we've got um, to look forward to. Brilliant. Excellent. And I know when we start these discussions, quite often these uh, develop into sort of wider areas. So I'm sure we'll be going off on sort of various theories and tangents as we go. So great to have you both here today. Um, Andy, so before we actually start diving into the first habit around walking the talk, is there anything else from your experiences um, of uh, sort of the habits and edgy habits that you would like to share? Morning, Georgie. Yeah, I think, you know, as you've already um, said, Helen, originally these weren't written about school or education in particular, um, but they're just so relevant to the work that we do. I think what's become clear in education the last few years, we've got a real issue, not only with recruitment, 
retention. Um, so it's been a lot of work gone in, you know, the DFE school workload reduction toolkit, a lot of thoughts about what work we're taking away, but actually with, with the work that remains, anything we can do to try and make sure we're working in the most efficient um, and impactful way has, has got to be a good thing to make school improvement a priority in a really sustainable way. So I think they apply really nicely to, to what we do in schools. Brilliant, thank you. And and we're going to start diving in straight away um, to uh, I talk about our first habit, which we've identified as walking the talk. Um, and whether it's focusing on meeting deadlines or making sure that um, you take break, break duty or you stand up and cover when someone needs it, walking the talk as an educator is, is essential. And in a lot of respects, it's the little things that people notice. Um, and it helps teachers to model the values and behaviours that set the tone and create a positive culture for their peers and also for their students. So, Helen, would you like to um, build on those uh, statements and comments? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the whole thing about walking the talk um, is really, really interesting, isn't it? Because, like you say, um, it, it creates the culture in an organisation. I think particularly, you know, whether it be leaders um, modelling for teachers and students or, or teachers in the classroom modelling for students themselves. Um, walking the talk is important. And I think for me, um, when you see leaders um, or teachers who are really kind of in that role modelling, living the school's values, you know, following up and following through with things, doing the things that they've asked others to do, then it creates a, a really positive atmosphere um, around school. And I think certainly from my perspective, you know, that there's a phrase that's often used, which is, um, you know, leaders or teachers create the climate, they make the weather in a school. And if you're not walking the talk, then the climate and the culture won't be as strong. Where you see teachers and leaders really walking the talk together, and then you see students joining in with that and, and walking the talk with teachers and leaders, then the culture becomes really strong, really positive, and, and it creates a culture where people can thrive rather than, you know, a culture where maybe people, if you take the weather analogy, are, are hiding from the rain. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, Helen. And, and Andy, why, why is, is it so important, do we think, to walk the talk? I think it just gives you credibility, whether that's credibility if you're in a leadership role with the staff that um, you're leading or if you stood at the front of a classroom that the students can see that you mean business. And for me, it's so important because when we talk about school culture, it can change very quickly. Um, so you can very quickly improve your school culture if everybody's stepping up to that mark and everybody's singing from that same hymn sheet, turning up delivering their best and really role modeling that but equally as soon as one or two people start to let those standards slip that very quickly spreads and can become quite corrosive quite toxic and before you know it the culture of your whole organization's changed if you're not really keeping that high priority yeah absolutely and i think um values based education i think that's another sort of element that we're focusing in on here is is uh, there's definitions out there, but it, it does create a strong learning environment um, and um, encourages sort of better academic achievements, 
um, and it also helps us model so that our students and our learners develop strong social relationship skills. Um, and I think that's also got to be key. Helen, what would you say around that? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, we, we, we're kind of when we walk the talk, we're helping students to develop kind of good behaviours and good habits for life. Um, and, you know, it, it's as simple as, isn't it? Um, you know, if you ask students in a school, um, you know, to have their mobile phone put away in their bag out of sight because you want to encourage that culture where students are, are talking to each other, then it's really important that as teachers or as leaders, um, what you're doing is, is you're making sure that you're not playing on your phone um, on the corridor in full visibility of students because at that point um like Andy said you have no credibility and and that notion of credibility is is really really important um you know if if you don't do what you ask others to do then they might kind of do it when you're watching but they'll do it grudgingly I think you know one of the things that you'll often hear about kind of walking the talk is it's about what people do when nobody's watching are they walking the talk when you know nobody's observing them do it because that's when your culture is really really strong Andy I don't know what, what you think about that would you agree with that absolutely and it's um that's not something that happens by default or by accident that that culture of everybody doing the right thing even when no one's watching you, you create that like deliberately by all making that conscious effort to do that it won't just happen by accident I think that thing about being really deliberate as well about the way that you do it is is important isn't it and you know being self-aware as you know an, an adult whether you're a leader or a teacher or a member of associate staff um, it's about everybody working together to create that culture and everybody walking the talk and I think one of the words that we maybe don't think about enough in education is that notion of togetherness um, and you know you will get schools where you've got one person who starts the ball rolling and change begins with one thing but that one thing then creates that ripple effect and I think then if you can get that notion of togetherness really driving that walking the talk behavior then it becomes almost hard for people not to join in um, and people will begin to follow and it becomes, you know, the change becomes irresistible then. And I think that's when, you know, you start to see kind of schools beginning to become great schools and schools where, you know, the, the atmosphere um, is one where there's a really strong heartbeat. It is, it's that culture, isn't it? It's it's about, again, back to creating community, but in a positive way. Um, and I think also the, the focus around, you know, uh, ethics and morals also fit really well within sort of walking the talk um, edge habit. So um, more sort of making sure that you're building a community and the education that, you know, people are prepared to um promote sort of being tolerant and equal and inclusive with each other as well um, and uh, having a set of standards that you're all really really happy to sort of adhere to um, and and leading by example Andy what would you feel yeah absolutely and I think from kind of default we maybe think of like senior leaders 
creating this culture and, and yes they can set the tone but it is you know as you were saying it, it comes from everybody and as a classroom teacher if you're not playing your part in stepping up and doing that the experience of the student as they move from classroom to classroom if that's different in every classroom and those expectations aren't there and aren't consistent you never get that whole school culture right so it, it's really like everybody stepping up and and walking the walk absolutely and it forms part of an identity as well doesn't it so um, you know, if everybody understands the values, understands the way that they're expected to behave, then there isn't that confusion there. There isn't um, an opportunity to, um, you know, perhaps not behave appropriately. Um, and also it gives a clear sort of vision and values for the school and also in the classroom as well. So in, in effect, you're creating your own sort of mini community whenever you, you sort of enter the classroom with your, your teachers or your, your pupils. Helen, would you agree? Yeah, and I think kind of creating that kind of mini community or that climate is important. And like Andy said, um, it is about kind of making sure that the culture is is really visible and that it's almost kind of lived and breathed by everybody so it does need to be deliberate um it does need to be intentional and i think when you see kind of um you know adults in school doing that um children follow you know children often replicate and and mimic what adults do and they do that from being you know really really small don't they you know I've seen the two-year-olds who will say um you know um and we're not going to run in the shop today mummy are we <laughs> because that's the expectation that's been set you know and if we expect the same from you know little ones we should expect the same from teenagers but they've got to see that we do it as well and you know I think that's the the key that we've got to kind of live by the rules that we set and if we can't do that then it's going to be really challenging it also encourages sort of ownership as well doesn't it with the students and and uh, and a level of also um difference um respect of difference and um also sort of social skills as well um so it, it's preparing them for adult adulting real life working whatever we're actually thinking about um you know it, what's what's reasonable what's respectable and and actually um by modeling that we're we're demonstrating those skills so what happens when someone doesn't behave or doesn't uh, adopt positive edu habits andy i think i mean we, we touched on it before but it might seem to that one person, I mean, it might not even be deliberate, they might not even be aware of it, um, which I think is why it's important to kind of have those conversations and talk about the importance of everybody kind of moving in the same direction. Um, because if there's that one person not participating, as we've said, it can quite quickly damage that culture and cracks appear and standards slip. Um, and it, to that person, it might be they're just having a bad day or they're not particularly switched on that day, but teaching is it is like showmanship and it is kind of being on stage and delivering a performance it can be quite like draining to do that all day every day when you're not feeling at your best but it is so important that um the students see that model to them and the staff see that model to them and um, to keep the expectations in place because as we've said it quickly goes downhill if if one person doesn't that quickly spreads 
that that level of self-regulation is hugely important within you know a, a responsible role such as um, teachers and, and nurses and people of responsibility I think um, making sure that you can actually manage yourself manage your emotions be present in in the moment also is, is highly important as part of walking the talk Helen would you like to build on that yeah, I think, you know, when, when we talk about kind of whether you're a teacher or whether you're a leader in school or whether you're a member of, a, a you know, the associate staff team, um, we often think about managing things, don't we? So you might be managing your class, you might be managing resources, you might be managing the dining room. But actually, the hardest thing you ever have to manage is not other people or those resources. The, the thing that's hardest to manage is yourself. And I think self-regulation um as an adult is is really really difficult and you know we don't always get it right um but when we don't we need to be self-aware self-aware enough to know that we didn't get it right you know sometimes to admit that and reflect on it and, and show some of that vulnerability um i often say perfection is the enemy of progress um but we need to be willing to to learn from that and you know change our own habits and behaviors to to be supportive and i think getting you know that culture right needs people to walk the talk but it is a team effort um and it's also about acknowledging that we're, we're human within that um but not using that humanity as an excuse to undermine that culture and to undermine the things that we want to achieve yeah, absolutely, Helen. And and can I think it would be great. And you're obviously current and, and within the education environment as we as we speak. And can you think of an example when walking the talks had a really positive impact um, in your scenarios? Or Helen, would you have an option or an idea where you could uh, share with us? I think I mean, I can think of it a number of examples, but, but anything where you're implementing a new system, a new policy, launching something new you've got that moment as you're launching it where it's got the potential to absolutely thrive in your school or crumble right from the start if you don't get that buy-in and that modeling um and i think that's something schools have uh, not just schools all organizations have probably struggled with through covid with um you know the the resilience needed to keep going it, sometimes it feels at the moment like you're just trying to keep your head above water rather than focus on school improvement and showing up and turning up and modeling those high expectations every single day when absence is so high and there's so many challenges that's been really tough to sustain in schools i think over the last few years and that's maybe seen some things be launched that haven't had the impact that um normally they would have done i think just building on that as well andy you know kind of i think covid has presented lots of challenges but that's when we've actually learned that that walking the talk and doing it really visibly has been absolutely critical so you know if you take the example of masks in school um, if you're a member of staff and you've got your mask underneath your nose and you're not wearing your mask properly then it's really hard to get the 30 children in your classroom or the 300 children in the dining room to do it properly and actually it's it, you know during that period it's critical and I think for me um you know walking the talk might be something where it's absolutely critical and essential it may be just something really small 
about how students are addressed and really modeling that yourself as a member of staff and for me um, it doesn't matter whether it's big or small it's it's the cumulative effect of the big and the small things that create that culture in a school and it's almost that process of never underestimating the one person who doesn't walk the talk um, on the whole organization because that one thing is the bit that people remember um, so if it's the one positive thing it can have a really positive impact but if it's one thing where somebody hasn't done the walk the talk um, you know people are like elephants they don't forget that either so it's a real challenge isn't it yeah I think so and I mean one thing I've been kind of reading about recently is when you're trying to embed that in your school culture deciding which things actually are really important to you and which things aren't and you know for example if uh, I don't know if, if you decide that mobile phones are not going to be in your school and you've decided you know as a school that's really important and it's going to have a big impact on your school culture and behavior then absolutely everyone needs to toe that line but if there's other things I don't know if you've got a rule that boys can't shave their head below a number two does that actually matter to you and if you're saying it matters brilliant let's buy into it everybody's got to be on board with it but if you're saying actually that's not really something that matters here anymore then get rid of it like decide which things are you absolutely all going to walk that walk and, and talk the talk and model that and it's hard to do that if you're doing it for too many things so I think sometimes we add more and more things to to our expectations that we want staff to do day in day out want pupils to do day in day out and it can be really helpful to actually what things we're going to stop what things we're going to say actually that's not a priority at the moment thank you Andy and, and I think we've we've talked around what 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 is most effective and, and how it can be used but are there any kind of top tips that we can perhaps um, share um, around walking the talk um, what would your top tips be Helen Oh, that's really interesting. Um, I think just listening to Andy there, I think that whole thing about deciding what you're bothered about is key rather than trying to do everything. And I think for me, um, you know, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a member of an associate staff, whether you're a school leader, um, I think remembering kind of that even if you don't agree with something, so sometimes... Um, there might be an expectation where you're expected to walk the talk where it perhaps doesn't fit for you you still have a really important part to play in making that work and actually if if you don't agree with it go and talk to the head teacher about it um, but don't undermine it because undermining it is really damaging um, to the school culture and actually the, the people who lose out um, when people don't walk the talk or undermine that walk of the talk or the students because they don't know where they're at. They don't know whether they're coming or going and actually creating those expectations where students know what to do um, means that they're going to learn better because, you know, they're not, if you like, bogged down by confusion over rules and expectations. They're not worried about those rules and expectations as they go into a classroom um, their minds focused on actually what the teacher is going to teach them absolutely it doesn't it doesn't give them um, opportunity to have those kind of 
uh, options um, to to discuss as well. I think for me, my my top tip is around that piece about self regulation, um, and just remembering to set yourself um, appropriately every time you walk into a school, your classroom, the canteen, making sure that you know you're 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 ready to. Um, uh, present yourself in 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 the best light and and in the way that you want to be modelled and and you want to be remembered for. Would you agree, Andy? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, so interesting listening to both of you. There. I think, and you've kind of talked about that from the perspective of a, a classroom teacher. You know, the disagreeing in private, maybe if you're not quite buying into something, but in public, we all sing from that same hymn sheet. And then maybe from the perspective of a school leader. Um, one thing I think sometimes school leaders get wrong with this implementation is forgetting what it's like to have a full timetable. So, you know, if you're a school leader thinking about something you want to implement, always a good kind of sounding board is yes, this sounds realistic to me, but is it realistic for somebody that teaches 22 hours a week? Is it sustainable for them? Because what you don't want is everybody to step up and model whatever it is you're introducing for a week and then find out actually that's not sustainable for long term. So always keeping in your mind like is this is this achievable is it sustainable is it workable for somebody who teaches four or five periods every single day um sometimes you don't get that that clarity of thought around an slt table where teaching loads are, are, are much lower than that i think kind of building on that as well um it's about kind of consistency with that walk and the talk and um you know i, I was talking to some students um recently and I was kind of, you know, talking about what kinds of things they they kind of like to see in a teacher. And one student referred to a member of staff and they said, you know, I really like Miss um, such and such. I'll, I'll, I'll leave them nameless. And I said, kind of, you know, what is it about what they do that makes you feel like that? And they said, well, you get the same Miss. Um, we'll use the kind of the term Smith just because it's easy. You get the same Miss Smith every day. And I thought that was really interesting. So the students were really aware about how consistent that member of staff was. And that was something that made them feel really safe, that made them feel really reassured. Um, and, and they knew kind of how to meet those expectations. I think it's the same with leaders. You know, you need to see the same leader every day and you shouldn't ever have a situation where, you know, you're like, oh, well, I'll not go and talk to them about that today because um, they're that way out. Um, we need that level of consistency to support people. Absolutely. Would you say that's your um, your one key takeaway, Helen, from our, our little chat today about walking talk? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's it's a key one about that consistency and about being, you know, the same person each day and you know not wearing your emotions and your feelings on your sleeve because mm -hmm. you know people need to be able to to get on and that's not to say you have to be you know some kind of cyborg <laughs> um but i think it is about being really measured and level-headed and consistent in in your approach as a leader or as a teacher yeah Absolutely. And I think being being the change that you want to be, if you if you want to set a change or as, as Andy was saying, introduce new policy or procedure, model that, 
represent that, be the thing that you want it to be and, and tackle your own behaviour first, do that self-regulation um, and then the ripple effect will happen and the others will follow and model you as well. So Andy, just to wrap up, what would your final key takeaway be? Uh, my key takeaway would be, I think you, you've kind of just summed up there about turning up and being the same you every single day, even if it's, you know, that does feel like a bit of a performance at times. You know, I'm not saying hide issues away and, and don't confront them, but do that separately, do that privately. Um, but when you're in front of the students, when you're in front of the staff, turn up, show up and deliver that consistent um, message that, that they need to see every single day. Thank you so much, Andy and Helen, for turning up and showing up and being consistent and providing us with some more insights and little nuggets um, for this podcast today. Um, and next week, we'll be unpacking another edger habit. So we'll be looking in at referring to um, is anybody listening? And uh, it, it sounds really, really um, simplistic, but actually listening is one of the key skills that we need to develop and model and to be an effective educator. Um, all educators listen, but to what extent do you listen? And, and do you listen intently? Are you present? Um, do you um, understand what you're actually listening to and making time to listen to people, demonstrating that you're genuinely interested and in reflecting on their, um, their conversations? That can have a significant impact, but we're going to talk about that in much more detail in our next podcasts. Um, I know there's lots of sort of frustrations around that as well. So we're going to talk about what can happen in the negative sense as well. You can pick up the Afterbell podcast, which are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts. This is series two, but I think we're into uh, this is our 20th or 23rd podcast that we recorded now. And uh, we've got lots that you can listen to historically as well. Um, if you're looking for a, a new nugget or new educational theory that you're uh, looking for or top tips for the day and you can pick these up. Uh, they're normally about half an hour, 20 minutes, and they're designed for something for you to sort of think about and reflect on whether you're on your daily commute, on your treadmill or as your focus for the day. Thank you. You've been listening to Afterbell podcast brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Mm -hmm.